You're listening to Star Style. Be the star you are with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Be the star you are is a 501c3 nonprofit corporation to improve literacy and positive media. All contributions and donations are tax deductible. To comment on today's show, please call in toll free at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Or send an email to info at be the star you are.org. Now back to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan. Be the star you are. Well, hello, Power Partners, and welcome to the Hour of Power on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. I am Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Whitney. And today we're going to be talking about love, taxes, and bliss, and exactly in that order. The miracle moment for today is brought to you by the Carmony Collection. Handmade handbags, canvases, candles to be green and be clean. Call 925-785-7827 or visit myspace.com forward slash Carmony Clutches. And the miracle moment is when you discover your mission, you will feel its demand. It will fill you with enthusiasm and a burning desire to get to work on it. That's by W. Clement Stone. And we all know how important it is to live our dreams. Right, Heather? Exactly. Well, my new book, Be the Star You Are for Teens, Speak About Living Your Dreams, is off to the publisher. So soon I will be announcing how you'll be able to get copies. It, it will be in the bookstores in the fall. But today I want to just tell you something special before Heather and I talk about one of our favorite topics, love, L-O-V-E, is I am broadcasting live from beautiful, sunny Florida, where I am being hosted by the wonderful team of Mike and Diana, who have created this beautiful, restful bed and breakfast called Hollywood by the Sea, where their motto is, enter as strangers and leave as friends. And you know what, Heather? We came so exhausted from the plane, and already we feel like we are good friends with them after a great breakfast this morning. Mike was, telling, yeah, it's so great. Mike was telling me that over 700 guests have passed through these doors and that he feels like, he and Diana feel like they are they have become really good friends with all of them and help them live their dreams. So our our miracle moment for today is right in line with being right here in Hollywood, Florida. And uh, Diana's new dream is she hopes to open a spiritual retreat center on the beach Ooh. in the future. So maybe we'll be returning as speakers, Heather. You never know the dynamic <laughs> duo, right? Sounds well, great. Yes, and in the meantime, if any of you are coming to Florida, may I recommend a night stay right here, or a few nights or a week stay with my new friends, Mike and Diana, at Hollywood by the Sea Bed and Breakfast. You can call 954 954- Nine two seven five three zero one. I said I'd give them a shout out, and I want to do it. So visit Hollywood by the Sea B and B dot com. You're just a, a few steps from the beach, ten miles of white sand beaches, which are beautiful, aqua blue ocean, and the best breakfast on the strand. So even if you have a, a bad flight as we did, you're going to be rested and <laughs> rejuvenated. <laughs> exactly. Well, I've got to be ready for tomorrow, Heather. You know, I I board. 
Celebrity Cruise Line is going to be on the Constellation for 10 days, and I have to be Pirate of the Caribbean. I will be the Pirate Queen. (laughs) So I better get my R matey down. (laughs) (laughs) Well, don't you think this is pretty amazing that I can be here in Hollywood, Florida? This is the beauty of modern technology. You are on the opposite coast near Hollywood, California. And uh, Hector, our, our new engineer this week, is in Arizona. And our guests are coming from all parts of the United States. So how that's amazing! Why it's world talk. <laughs> that's why we're called World Talk Radio, right? World exactly. Talk Radio. Well, we really do have a great show for you today. As we said, Heather and I are going to uh, talk about love right now, and then we're going to be talking about beating the IRS tax squeeze because tax season is definitely coming up. And then finally, we we do want to always follow our bliss. And so we will be talking to Renee Duane, and she's the founder of Encouraging Words, about how to choose for bliss and reclaim your inherent joy. So stay with us. We have so much to come. We're going to have a lot of fun here. Well, Heather, L-O-V-E, yes, love, that little big word that everyone wants but few find. Why is it so important that love is the answer to everything? (laughs) <laughs> well, exactly. Well, love is a number of emotions. It's experience a sense of strong affection or attachment. You know, it can be a verb or a noun, and we associate it as, you know, we can have an intimate love, a platonic love, but it's something that's so valued. You, know, you can love a friend, but you can really love another human being. And it seems that in America and Canada, there's a special love day we call Valentine's Day, and it seems like that's the one time of the year that we're really supposed to, you know, give each other letters and tell each other we love each other. But coming from our household, we've always been taught Valentine's Day can be every day. I guess that's exactly right. Valentine's is every day because Love Day is every day. Exactly. Every day is a great opportunity to show someone uh, you care about them and how you feel. So when I was researching this, I mean, why do we only do this one time a year? Why is it, you know, kind of looked at with so much stress? Or a lot of girls, if they don't have a date, you know, they seem to hate this day and they hate love and you know why is this and what's this whole commotion about it so as when in my research kind of thing finding out the, the difference with the men and the women and it seems like men have this feeling that they have to buy you know chocolates and gift cards definitely with such a hard economy this year we're keeping all the card companies and chocolate factories in business for that one special day a year um but and women's return it always just seems they be um, a card, writing a letter is the best way to express that. And further, when I was researching this, I found out the art of letter writing is so non-existent anymore. And well, I, have, you know, I don't think you even needed to research it to know that. Everybody's <laughs> online these days. And, you know, we were talking about this this morning is that so often between the, because there's so much Internet, and, of course, I love it because I can do, you know, I can do my shows. I, I'm having mm-hmm. to write. I have to give my books to the publisher this way. Is that are we losing our communication and being seen eye to eye and actually reaching out and touching someone or giving a hug and taking away the love because we're giving all the love to our computer. That is kind of, that's a little scary, right? Exactly, exactly. And, um, you know, again, human touch is such a huge thing. But when I was looking into this whole letter writing thing, is that on Valentine's Day alone, over one billion Valentine cards are written out. And why, you know, and that's which is phenomenal, but are Valentine's cards really enough? And kind of, you know, with today's Valentine's, these burst about so many strong feelings and very 
example, there can be humorous Valentines, there can be really thought-provoking or really intense or even kind of risque ones, but why not take the opportunity every day to write a card? That's something, you know, for all you guys out there, that girls are not used to. There's no longer this prince charming chivalry arriving with these wonderful words of being risked off to a castle. More it's kind of, you know, hey, babe, you look good. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, really? I'm going to, I wanted to, uh, jump in here and just say yeah. something because you, well, you have a chapter in the new book, Be the Star You Are for Teens, uh, Heather Brittany, and the chapter that you have written is The Gift of Love. And one of the things you talk about is having childhood friends and, and really enjoying being friends with somebody and then having a person die and not knowing if you had expressed enough love. Even though you've been together, do you really, you know, did you say the words? And I think exactly. that's so, you know, so critical is to let the people in our lives that we care about know that we really and truly care about them as people as the human being that they are, not because of what they do or how they look or how they dress. Or... Exactly, and that's so profound. That's why we always say make Valentine's Day every day. Why wait, you know, for that one day out of the year, out of all 365, only choose one to tell someone? Because even someone that may be, you know, so present in your life every single day, whether it be a friend, uh, you know, a boyfriend, girlfriend, or even a parent, life is so unpredictable and something could change the very next day. And you don't want to be left with those feelings of, did they really know how I felt about them? That we never seem to appreciate things till they're gone. So that's why take, you know, don't just wait till the 14th of February. Take every day. Take it all, it takes all five seconds to tell someone, I care about you and I love you. And just let your love be known for them. Um, just because life is so ever changing and so unknown. Um, that's why we just try to celebrate every single day and especially make Valentine's very special. But choose any other day that makes it even more special because it's just well and sometimes life. when you do things that are unexpected just because on days that aren't, you know, a special day of, uh, according to the commercial value of special day, it even is it is better. It is even better because it stands out. It makes us more appreciative. And when something's a surprise, it's just so exciting. You know, that's just a little bit more, more it makes us happier. So that is a real good reason to make every day Valentine's Day and every day Thanksgiving Day because gratitude and attitude of gratitude is also a part of love, I think. You know, we have to live for something. We have to do good. We have to live, leave behind a monument of love, you know, because otherwise how are we going to weather the storms of time that seem to destroy us? So I like to tell people, write your name in kindness and write your name in love and, and have forgiveness for all the people that have hurt you. And the good deeds will shine just like the stars shine, like we say, the stars <laughs> style. Be the star you are. Be the star you are. Well, Heather, you have been gone for a couple of weeks, and I've missed you on the air, but you I have been know. very, very busy with school and working, doing something exciting, getting some new training. And tell us just a little bit about the love that you're spreading and helping people be healthy. 
Exactly. Well, as most of you know, um, one of my three majors was with women's studies and communications, and I always wanted to find a really powerful way to combine the two of those and help others. And I was so fortunate this year to land a job as a reproductive health assistant with the organization Planned Parenthood, and they're all about women's rights and reproductive rights and uh, stressing sexual health, and it's just been a phenomenal uh, adventure so far. I love that the hours can be long and the days can be challenging. It is so rewarding. And it's also amazing to see, um, because it is a nonprofit and it's completely state-funded, um, it's amazing to see how this economy is affecting this. So if anyone out there who uses these services, um, which if you are Medi-Cal state-funded with the green card we provide for people, if you are covered with this, please, next time you go in, um, give a small donation. Every single dollar counts. Because and that's so important that's with donations everywhere. This, this radio show is brought to you under the auspices of Be the Star You Are charity, which is a 501c3 to empower women, family, and youth at risk through improved literacy and positive media. And donations are tough right now, and we want to keep the show on the air. So just as any, any of the charities that you believe in, consider making donations. One dollar counts. Every little bit counts. Exactly. And exactly. all of us are volunteers, and so that's, you know, we're trying to give back. So we would really love it if you can give back as well. Well, Heather, I want to send you lots of love across across the continent from one Hollywood to another Hollywood. <laughs> and why don't you give out the website so we well, can definitely. get on to taxes. And definitely, uh, you can, we have so many out there. We have HeatherBrittany.com, CarmenyClutches.com, Be The Star You Are, MySpace.com, forward slash CarmenyClutches. Come check it out. Come help this charity. Every dollar counts as well. Look into getting the new book and uh, tune in every radio station. <laughs> that is exactly right. Every week, Heather Brittany and I are right here on Star Style, Be The Star You Are. And when we come back from break, we are beating the IRS tax squeeze. Oh, my goodness. Wait till you hear this story. I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Whitney. And this is Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We'll be back in a minute. And, and don't forget, spread the love, L-O-V-E. Happy Love Day. Back in a sec. Are you living your dreams? Want to create a life you love but don't know how to begin? Lifestyle coach and personal growth expert Cynthia Bryan has jump-started the lives and careers of clients for over two decades with her signature star style consultations with personalized sessions by phone or in person. You'll turn your passions into profits. Visit www.cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-STAR. That's cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-7827. Cynthia Bryan is your guide on the side. www.cynthiabryan.com. You can be the star you are. Hi, my name is Crystal Goodfellow and I am a volunteer with Be The Star You Are charity. I'm here today to ask you to consider making a contribution to this worthwhile organization that encourages and empowers families and youth at risk by providing literacy and positive programming. Please visit the website at www.bethestarur.org or call the offices at 877-944-STAR. Since 1999, Be The Star You Are has served more than 20,000 individuals and families and donated more than $850,000 in resources to improve lives. Be The Star You Are needs your support. You can donate your vehicle, buy our signature books, or make a contribution online. 
Everything counts, especially you. www.bethestarur.org or 877-944-STAR. Thanks for helping the kids. Listen. Listen. Are you ready? The world is talking. Are you ready? World Talk Radio. Studio A. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Be the Star You Are is a 501c3 nonprofit corporation to improve literacy and positive media. All contributions and donations are tax deductible. To comment on today's show, please call in toll-free at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Or send an email to info at bethestarur.org. Now back to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan. Be the star you are. Well, thank you all, you stars, for staying with us. The saying goes that there are only two definites in life, death and taxes. And after reading Chen Yi's book, Beating the IRS Squeeze, one may want to opt for death instead of the IRS. Chen Yi is here with us to chronicle her journey from owing $78,000 to eventually having a bill of zero. Welcome, Chen, to Be the Star You Are. Am I pronouncing your name correctly? Hello. Hello, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Am I, am I pronouncing My name your is name Chen correctly? Yi. This is a, uh, tell me how to pronounce your name. Tian. Oh, I am Yi. saying it all right. Tian and Tian Yi. Yeah, and that's, that's spelled C, I mean, Q-I-A-N-Y-I. Yeah. Okay, Tian Yi. Well, first of all, I, I want to hear your story, but you were an IRS enrolled agent, and still you succumbed to these unbelievable harassments by number 55 and other IRS personnel. Can you first tell us what is an IRS uh, enrolled agent, and then please go ahead and tell us your story of how you survived and thrived in this? Well, IRS enrolled agent is uh, a tax preparer, but they are the highest level of tax preparers. You have to go pass a two-day schooling examination in order to get, uh, if you pass, then you can get to be an enrolled agent. So here you're an IRS enrolled agent. You went through this schooling, and yet you get this tax audit of your 2000 joint tax return with your husband that drags on for five years. Yeah. Tell us your story. And the name of her book is Beating the IRS Tax Squeeze from 78000 to 32000 to 12000 to zero. And she wants to help you survive a tax audit. Okay. So tell us a little bit about this, Tan. Yeah, it's about a tax audit on my year 2000 joint tax return with my husband. That dragged down for five years. And worse, why it was still under auditing and pending for a resolution, it triggered multiple tax audits for all our tax returns in the subsequent years from 2001 to 2006. That's unbelievable. Then what happened during those five years? Then, and during these five years, we had to undergo at least 20 CP notices, notices that were often threatening and demanding payment. 
10 correspondence audits and 5 office audits. And finally, a tax, federal tax lien. And uh, that froze all our assets. A federal tax lien does not mean it can just seize your bank account or take away your sports card. It makes a claim as a part of the ownership on all your assets, liquid assets and real estate properties, your present holdings and your future acquisitions. And once you are slapped on by federal tax lien, Unless you want to go to tax court, the only way out of this is to pay in full. The whole event was full of twists and turns. At the very beginning, we were assessed for only about 8000 And after more than a year of exchanging letters but getting nowhere, I had to contact the tax advocate service for mediation which had brought on these five office audits. But the case was actually resolved after the fifth office audit, settled with a payment of about $2,400. But six weeks later, the IRS reopened the case and reassessed us for another additional tax of $11,000. Oh, my goodness, this had to be horrendous. Oh, well, at that point, I decided to write to the area director because under whom I understood there was a panel of uh, tax experts who could advise the director to reach the correct decision or judgment. In my letter to the director, I reiterated the whole event from the very beginning to the point of my shocking discovery that my case being suddenly reopened with another tax assessment of $11,000. At the end of my letter, I suggested the following three options. One, the IRS already deposited our 2,400 check and should have considered our case closed at that point. Two, the IRS could give us back this 2400 and let us take our case to the appeals office for another ruling. And third, the IRS could really, should really reimburse us this 2400 because our 2000 tax return was almost identical to our 1999 and 2001 tax returns. If the IRS had let us use our carried-over foreign tax credit to offset our regular tax in those two years, they should be consistent and let us offset our regular tax in year 2000 as well. Well, Tim, this sounds so incredibly confusing. How was it that you had so much stamina to hang in there during all of this? I mean, did you ever give up hope? I, I was often very upset, but I didn't give up hope. Um, otherwise, we couldn't last so long because uh, I knew I was right. So, so I sort of stuck to my guns. 
Now, I want to ask a question here before you tell us what happens, the final mm-hmm. part, and that was, do you think that part of you, you knew you were right, but being right doesn't always make it right, uh, you know, when you're dealing with a big government thing. Was it your training as an IRS enrolled agent that really helped you keep going? I think so, because as an enrolled agent, I had to know uh, uh, a lot of tax regulations. So I know about foreign tax credit, and uh, that's why I. Well, you I know knew exactly that. You knew because your book has all of this in it, and all you have you have all the paperwork so that other people could see as well. Mm-hmm. Would most people have to hire an attorney or an accountant? Yeah, at one point my husband wanted me to hire an attorney, but uh, it's very expensive. We couldn't afford it. Uh-huh. And, uh, and especially that would, that you would... know you can do it. And why get somebody else to do it for you and you have to pay a lot of money? That would be the problem, wouldn't it, is that um, if you were an ordinary citizen, it would just be so difficult, you know, because it would be too expensive. And I suppose even if you won, the IRS wouldn't pay your attorney bill, would they? That's right. Yes. Yes. Well, now, I understand a few months later you got another reply from an area director. Tell us the rest of that. Okay. Three months later, after I wrote it to him, uh, we received a reply from the area director uh, suggesting that we uh, amend our 2000 tax return for more foreign tax credit in order to get our 2400 back. And that was great news. I, no, I would say that. that. I'd go, okay, yay, get my money back. <laughs> so, but not only we didn't get the refund, but the IRS continued to insist upon that we pay this $11,000 they deemed we still owed them. So naturally, I refused to pay. And then before we knew it, our tax, our case was dumped into this automated collection system. And before we knew it, we were slapped on by this federal tax lien. At that point, our assets were all frozen, and our lifelong impeccable credit down the drain. Now, that had to be just a terrible thing, because here you thought you were going to get money back, and now you've got a yeah. lien. It's, so it's, it's horrible, but uh, nothing you can do. You just have to... Uh, uh, resist step by step. So as so a last result, we had to apply for a collection due process hearing, which was conducted over the phone, and during which the appeals officer suggested that we should pay the $11,000 first, but try to get it back as a refund by filing another 1040X amendment. From uh, form, and that's what uh, the area director has suggested, but he didn't do any good. But anyway, we had to listen to him. So but we you had paid already, in full. You already filed those, right? You had already Excuse filed me? several 1040X amendments. I, I, uh, I filed two. This is yeah. the second okay. one I did. Second and one. So right. we paid. In, uh, to file that, we have to pay all the tax. So we paid in full in order to get this federal tax lien against us lifted. So the lien was lifted at the end of January 2006. In March of that year, 
I gathered some 32 pages of documents, filled out another form 1040X, wrote a letter to reiterate the sequence of the five-year-long events, and sent the whole thing to the IRS office in Andover, Massachusetts, for our refund. And believe it or not, six months later, we got our refund, $12,836.60, which also included $862 interest. The IRS figured out that they owed us. Case finally closed. And they actually paid you interest then? Yeah, they, they, they do, because uh, I paid them six months earlier, and okay. uh, if they were supposed to pay me back, and uh, they, owe my, uh, they owe me interest instead, so they paid interest. Well, I want to ask a quick question here, then, Ken. What if, if, what if I, was a, I didn't have that $11,000 to pay, you know, uh, when you paid it all in full? What would you do then? I mean, you would just, you'd just be up the creek, it sounds like. Well, I, I paid, and according to the, uh, the, the appeals officer, and uh, he almost, you know, said that uh, you, could, you could get it back uh, if, uh, they, if you wrote to them, if they well, thought you were right. I want you to tell us a little bit about this foreign tax credit because I don't understand it at all. But before we do, Beating the IRS Tax Squeeze is the name of the book. Mm-hmm. And if anybody is out there having a problem with IRS or want to know more about how you do it, you could pick up this book, Beating the IRS Tax Squeeze, by author Kim Yi, which is Q-I-A-N-Y-I. She has a Bachelor of Science in Dietetics uh, from Falkland University in Missouri, and as you know, she is also an enrolled IRS agent. And you really wrote this so other people wouldn't have to go through this. Is there a website you wanted to give out? Yes, it's www.chanyibooks.com. That's Q-I-A-N-Y-I-books.com. Well, give us a couple of words here. Tell us about the foreign tax credit. Okay. And how, how, also, what do you uh, do there? we should say you can get my books uh, through iUniverse. Should I give out the number? Yes, sure. Eight, go ahead. 1-800-288-4677. The 1-800-288-4677. 1-800-288-4677-1-800-288-4677-1-800-288-4677-1-800-288-4677-1-800-288-4677-1-800-288-4677-1-800-288-4677-1-800-288-4677-1-800-288-4677-1-800-288-4677-1-800-288-4677-1
to offset your U.S. regular tax, dollar for dollar, in the future. To be sure, I did not enact this tax regulation. I merely followed it. it. That's what I did. I used our carried forward over foreign tax credit to offset our regular tax in the year 2000. Because my husband had worked in Hong Kong for seven years, from 1991 to 1998, and we had accumulated lots of foreign tax credits from those years. To be fair to the IRS, I should mention here that only the IRS office in Philadelphia is familiar with this carrying backward or forward of foreign tax credit because over the years, all foreign tax returns have been directed to submit to that office. So does that mean that you have to, if you are, you're doing a, an IRS a foreign tax credit, you have to go to the Philadelphia office, is that right? Uh, if you, when you apply for a foreign tax credit, you actually uh, could do it on form 1040. But if you have a dispute, I think the, I, uh, IRS office in Philadelphia would know the best because okay. they are uh, specializing well, in that. You ended up with zero tax due, and so now looking back, do you think that the IRS was fair and reasonable? Uh, basically, I believe the IRS is reasonable and does want to help the taxpayers to understand its tax reg- regulations in order for them to pay their taxes accordingly. But in our case, in the very beginning, I guess the IRS didn't like the idea that we didn't have to pay any tax in that year. So they just wanted us to pay something. But when we resisted and defended our position, they liked it even less. Clearly, the IRS does not like to be crossed certainly not to be told that they are incorrect. And who does? I yeah, don't either. And the, I know. That is and, so true. Well, uh, And the more we resisted paying, the more the IRS was determined to make us pay. If not on one thing, then on another. If not in one year, then in another. Well, Chin, we're out of time. I want oh, to okay. have your book one more time. It's Beating the IRS Tax Squeeze. Yeah. You can buy it by calling 1-800-288-4677 or yeah. going to tinyebooks.com. That's Q-I-A-N-Y-I books.com. Thank you for enlightening us about yeah, the IRS. Thank you, Cynthia, for listening to my story and yes, thank all the people time. who are listening to this broadcast. And we hope that nobody else gets caught up in this kind of thing, but if so, no, there's a book out I there. I hope not. The IRS squeeze. Yeah. Thank you, Tim, for being here on Be The Star You Are. I'm Cynthia Bryan. We'll be back in a minute, and we are going to choose bliss. Stay with me because Renee Duane is coming up on Star Style. Be The Star You Are. You're listening to World Talk Radio, where the world comes to listen and talk. 
Hi, my name is Crystal Goodfellow, and I am a volunteer with Be The Star You Are charity. I'm here today to ask you to consider making a contribution to this worthwhile organization that encourages and empowers families and youth at risk by providing literacy and positive programming. Please visit the website at www.bethestarur.org or call the offices at 877-944-STAR. Since 1999, Be The Star You Are has served more than 20,000 individuals and families and donated more than $850,000 in resources to improve lives. Be The Star You Are needs your support. You can donate your vehicle, buy our signature books, or make a contribution online. Everything counts, especially you. www.bethestarur.org or 877-944-STAR. Thanks for helping the kids. Are you living your dreams? Want to create a life you love but don't know how to begin? Lifestyle coach and personal growth expert Cynthia Bryan has jump-started the lives and careers of clients for over two decades with her signature star-style consultations. With personalized sessions by phone or in person, you'll turn your passions into profits. Visit www.cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-STAR. That's cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-7888. Cynthia Bryan is your guide on the side. www.cynthiabryan.com You can be the star you are. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Be the Star You Are is a 501c3 nonprofit corporation to improve literacy and positive media. All contributions and donations are tax deductible. To comment on today's show, please call in toll free at 1 866 613 1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Or send an email to info at bethestarur.org. Now back to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan. Be the star you are. Well, in 1997, Renee Duane thought she was dying. She couldn't sleep. She had intense uh, sciatica, terrible arthritis, and she was growing very ancient before her time. Now she is in perfect health, and she is living her bliss. Her book, Choosing for Bliss, is an eye-opener to living in the now. Welcome, Renee, to Star Style. Be the star you are. Thanks, Cynthia. Good to be here. Well, I am so glad to have you. Your book really resonated with me. It it just seems like all of us are so running on the treadmill and so going fast track that we tend to not stop and not only smell the roses but be in touch with our bodies. So I, I really, when you said in your book that when you were 30, your, hus- your husband, who uh, was a physical therapist at the time, predicted that by the time you were 50, you'd be in a wheelchair. Now, instead, you almost reached death's door. Talk about your journey from hell and back and now where you are. All right. Well, I, I think um, what the, the message becomes looms largest for me, if you will, is that... Everything happens for a reason, and in my perspective, everything happens for the highest good. And so uh, seemingly on some level, an unconscious level, I created all of this physical misery in my body to get my attention, to get me out of the unconscious patterns that I had that got me there, mainly stress, stressful thoughts, uh, 
ideas like I need to, I have to, I should, feeling guilty, uh, feeling that I had to uh, beat the clock, so to speak, that I could never stop and rest, that I didn't want to be a wimp, those kinds of just negative unconscious thoughts and patterns that I had. And I was a classic type A personality when my son was born. Um, He came seven weeks early, and uh, in thinking about it, I realized he really had to do that because at the time that uh, he, he... was born prematurely, I was teaching full-time. I was teaching two graduate classes part-time, two evenings a week, and I was also the head negotiator for my teaching unit for the contract. Now, when will this child have time to be born unless he said, hello, Here. <laughs> now is the time. Exactly. Exactly. It was, this is exactly, I mean, everything comes in the right time, correct? Absolutely. Absolutely, whether it's our time or not. <laughs> well, you know, you talk about this in your book, too, and actually kind of tragedy, triumphs, and how you were teaching school, and then you ended up at the college level, something that you never even planned on. And it's a matter of, of creating, when we want to create our bliss, we actually have to define it and create our own future, because you talk a lot about your childhood and your parents, that they didn't have a good marriage, but yet you've been married more than 34 years. You have a secret, right? Yes, we're celebrating 38, actually, on the 20th of this month. Is it 38 now? Yes, is this amazing? I know. It is amazing. Congratulations. I mean, this is a wonderful thing. You know that when you really can have a a life partner, and you say that in your your acknowledgments in your book. I want to talk some more about... uh, you just how your family, you know, were accomplished warriors, you said. That you, your oh. mom worried. And I laughed so hard when she was going from hurricane area in Florida to Arizona, and she told you about the hurricanes and what you needed to do. Tell that story. That was very funny. Oh, it, it, it just amazed me, but it was so mom. I, at one point, of, and it was cathartic for me because mother was a, a great teacher for me and, and a great challenge uh, for me, and I'm pleased at this point in my life that I'm totally resolved and reconciled to her. She's now made her transition. But um, mom was a classic warrior. Mom lived in fear. She modeled fear very largely for me my whole life. So in 1990, my husband and I moved to Florida and our son, and uh, around uh, June 1 is when hurricane season starts. And uh, we know these are things you take pretty seriously, especially uh, of late. Uh, 04 was a pretty big year for us here in Florida. We got four big ones in a period of maybe a month. At any rate, uh, we had not well, had That's to... another story that you have in your book on how you guys, went, you know, you made the best of it and you actually had fun. But the, yes. your mom yes. one was really fun. You know, it was just so classic. Right. So this this is a typical mom story. She called me over to her house, and she lived in the same neighborhood as I, and she said, um, okay, now, your father and I are going to Arizona because hurricane season starts this week, and we're not coming back until October when the hurricane season is over. And she handed me, like, a, a protractor and a map and uh, the newspaper with the stations. And, and I said, what is this for? And she said, well, you need to watch the weather report every day and check where the hurricanes are. And I said, okay. And she said, and then you need to track them. Like when they're out in the Atlantic, when those waves are coming off of Africa, you need to start tracking them and see where they're they're coming and, and when they're coming. And I said, why would I do this? And she said, so you can be prepared. And I said, for what? 
And she said, so when the hurricane comes, you can be prepared and you can leave. Don't be stupid, you know. It was like, (laughs) and you you could not argue with her. I mean, she was in this, as all of us, when we're in deep fear, there, there is no rationale there. Well, you know, the one thing that you brought out, and it makes so much sense, is that whenever you were around your mom, you had this incredible pain in your neck. Just horrible. And you realized it was your mom who was the pain in the neck. Yes. (laughs) Seriously, which when you finally decided just not to let mom get to you and to change your thought process, and of course we all know when we change ourselves, it changes others, is that the pain went away, which gets us to the way that we have self-talk. Like if we say, I'm sick and tired, well, yeah, there we're we going to be sick and tired. If You That's know, whatever that we say to ourselves, this is actually what comes true. I mean, I don't like to ever say, oh, my gosh, this is going to kill me because, gosh, mm-hmm. it will kill me. It might. I, yeah, well, you know, I changed the word. You might have done this, too. Absolutely. Because being a writer, I do not use the word deadline anymore. I say I have timelines. So my editor's are not allowed to give me deadlines because I feel like I'm going to die. I say, give me a timeline. I can meet a timeline, but no deadlines. I, I'm not going to cross that one. Excellent insight. And, and again, these are just all unconscious things that, that we say. And one of my favorites, um, and I speak about the messages in, in, the, in the book, the, the unconscious messages, is, uh, or my, our tapes on one of the um, discovery sheets that I have at the back. And one of Mother's favorite sayings was, I'm sick and tired of this. Well, my recollection of Mother was a woman of low energy who spent a lot of time on the couch because she was so tired. She was sick and tired, wasn't she? Yeah. And we're talking, for all of you who are just joining us right now, we are talking to Renee Duane. She is the author of Choosing for Bliss, Reclaiming Your Inherent Joy. And as you can tell from the title of this book, We Choose Our Bliss. We choose our own happiness. It, life is a choice. It's not designated, and this is what the book is all about. We have to get rid of that blame and complain and the shoulds and the coulds, right? Because they do little good anyway. Oh, and, and they keep us stuck, and they keep us miserable. Miserable. And what I've observed, I mean, there, there are people in all of our worlds who, who choose to be less than, than cheery, who definitely see that glass as half full, or even if it is literally half full, they see it as almost empty, and it's going to run out, and they're going to die of thirst or something. And what I'm uh, observing with these people, I, I always think there's a payoff for some of this and uh, these negative habits, let's say, and for those who are choosing negativity, uh, for one thing, I think they're addicted to drama. It's an unconscious habit that, you know, well, I've come from a family of warriors, so we always have to worry, you know, so-and-so isn't home on time, that kind of a thing. And I think it, it, it feeds them, like, giving them negative attention, like, well, you think you had a bad day, I can top that one. And it, it's sad to me because they don't realize how, I'll say, poisonous and insidious this kind of conversation is. It does not serve. It doesn't serve, and... You know, we need to face any of our fears. You also talk about attitude of gratitude and the the whole idea of forgiveness because without being grateful, I mean, how are we going to open any space in our lives unless we are grateful for what we already have? And when we forgive, although we may think we're forgiving the other person, really we're just allowing ourselves to move on because forgiveness is about letting go of that that forgiveness, you know, that that holding on to that anger that's in ourself. 
So talk a little bit about forgiveness and this attitude of gratitude. Well, I feel something that is so easy for, I'll say, even beginners who are recognizing, let's say, in this moment that, you know, things aren't going so well for me and and I'd like to make a proactive change here. Like, what is something I can do? And something that is so easy to do is gratitude. It, It costs us nothing. And um, a lot of people think of me as like Pollyanna, and, and that's okay, because I'm having a really good time here. Hey, I love that. It's okay. It's and okay. I just, I and that's what talking about being encouraging. I mean, your, your, uh, your company is Encouraging Words. In fact, let's just get the website right now. It's uh, encouraging-words.net. The name of the book, again, is Choosing for Bliss, Reclaiming Your Inherent Joy, and you need to go to the website so you can get a lot of information there. But that is what is so important, is to feel okay inside yourself. It doesn't matter what other people think. Be okay on your own. Yes, and give yourself permission for that. For me, when when things get looking a little dark, let's say, and maybe I'm having one of those days, I'm in a bit of a funk, I... I console myself with, you know, Renee, what do you expect from a human being? Because that is what you are. And it's okay to err. There's, there's no great scorecard here, although some might have us believe it. No, it's all about intention. Uh, as I used to tell my students, nobody gets up in the morning and says, who can I really ruin their day today? Does that happen sometimes? Yeah, sometimes we screw up a little bit. And forgive ourselves, ask forgiveness if that be the, the case what might help in that situation, and then move on, move on with a, with another intention to, to do well, to be uplifting. to be. And you have an entire chapter in your book called Intention is Everything, and it's a very, very important chapter because when we put out, whatever we put out, if we decide that we want to help others and we have a good intention, chances are that things are going to be a little bit better than if we don't choose the correct intention. Uh, Renee, I wanted to talk about some of your discovery sheets that are at the back of your book because this is what sets your book apart from many of the other self-help books out there that are about finding your joy, you know, or really finding happiness in life because you actually give worksheets or play sheets perhaps so that we can find out how to, to discover our inherent joy. And one of the ones that I think is, was very important was finding something to praise. We get so many negatives. We hear so many negative things a day, but we don't hear that many happy things and encouraging words. And one of the things that you have found in your life is that the more we praise others, the more that they rise to become the people we believe them to be. Oh, well, absolutely. It's magical. But it has to be honest and legit. Yes, honest. It can't be just mm-hmm. praise for the sake of praise. You have to find something good. But we can find, we can become good finders, can't we? Oh, we can yes. find something good if we really decide to look for it. Even if someone's behavior is not appropriate, there's got to be something in it that we can find. And I know in having children, it always helps to find the positive. And you talk about how you changed even the relationship with your son just in finding a positive. Yes, yes. And ignoring what I found to be, um, I'll say, obnoxious behavior. 
And, and, and we it, all have that, don't we? And another piece with that, Cynthia, too, and this comes uh, from Don Miguel Ruiz's book, The Four Agreements, is to take nothing personally. Okay, so let's say you have a child and they have a messy room, which I had one of those, and I'm a very neat person. I like things in order. That was not his style. And so we had a lot of uh, go around with this. Um, and. And when I look back on it, it, it need not have been. Uh, I finally did get to the point where I just said, you close your door, that's your domain. Really, I have no right to anything in there. That's that's your little abode, and uh, I'll live in my area. You know, We'll live out here, and when you join us, I do want you to clean up your dishes kind of thing. Well, you know, I think when we're, especially in the teenage years, we tend to go through that. And I think what's very interesting is this whole time that we as parents might have been harping on our children to clean your rooms or do whatever. And then finally, you know, when we get smart, when we as parents get smart, we just let them be who they are. It's interesting, as they grow into adults, they tend to keep their own houses in great order. It's the yes. great, isn't that the funniest thing yes, that happens? Yes, it really is, despite us. Despite <laughs> us, despite us. You know, when I was reading that chapter, I laughed because in our own household, we had a rule, uh, we've always had this rule, that we didn't wear, kind of like the Japanese, we didn't wear shoes in the house because, mm-hmm. you know, sure. when, just to keep it not, uh, clean and respectful, you left your shoes at the door. And my son, when he was a teenager, he didn't think that rule applied to him, and he had his cowboy boots and he would come in. But the minute he moved away to college and he was with roommates that were messy and dirty and filthy, the first semester he came home, he took his boots off at the front door and he tiptoed like a ballerina around our kitchen and I said, what are you doing? He goes, oh, it's so nice to be in a clean house. And from then on, he had a rule, and he had twice no shoes. And it just, I laughed so hard because that was our big argument during his teen is that he was going to wear his cowboy boots. So when I was reading your story, it just resonated with me on a personal level. It is so funny. I know, it, it really is. And again, looking back on it, I see the amount of energy that was expended there on my part and I, I'll say I really missed the moment. I, I could have looked the other way on that and, and honored that and, and not taken it personally that he's doing it just to annoy me or to make my carpet dirty kind of thing. Yeah, I think it's just, you know, we just have to, we got to pick our battles. Yep. And, and this is also what you talk about in Choosing for Bliss is that we have a choice. If we can make ourselves miserable by, by harping on the same old thing or we can let it go. Right? We can let it go a little bit, and I think that is really good. Now, uh, what are, in your discovery sheet, you talk about finding your voice. This was a very good exercise. Yes. Think of someone with whom you have, you, you want to express yourself. And you had several exercises. You Did you discover or did you create these discovery sheets through yes. the teaching that you have done? Because... I know that you were a volunteer healer uh, for several years at the Pilgrimage Institute of Integrative Healing in Clearwater, Florida, and you're currently a oneness blessing giver. So talk to me a little bit about that, what you're doing. Oh, my. It's, it's too life, much, right? And too much for one show, but that's okay. Been, Let's try to get I understand. Life has just been so magical. Um, the oneness movement is a phenomena, and it started in India with two avatars, and avatars are regular human beings who have come to Earth to help expand the consciousness of human beings. And my husband and I, about a year ago, 
uh, July of '07, had our first oneness blessing, and we didn't we didn't even know why we were doing it, but it, just how things present themselves, and we had it. And when we came out of the blessing, he said, "We're going to go to India," and which I was shocked because I'm usually the one who who kind of sets the sail here, the the path of where we're going spiritually, kind of thing. And uh, we went to Oneness University in India in October of. Oh, seven and spent 21 days doing something called the 21-day process, which basically is an opportunity to go inside and, I'll say, take the mask off and quit hiding from oneself and, and just find out a little better about who we are. All right, so it, and you know what, Renee? I am, my engineer is waving to me now that I'm going to have to wrap it up because we're over time. So I'm yeah. going to send people to your website. And let's give out the name of the book again. And then, you know, maybe we'll have to do another show. It's too fascinating. The name (laughs) of the author is Renee Duane. Her book is Choosing for Bliss, Reclaiming Your Inherent Joy. Visit her website, encouraging-words.net. Encouraging, uh, not slash, encouraging-words.net. Renee, I'm so sorry that I'm I'm having to uh, finish up here. It's... It's how it, it has, works. It has been a pleasure talking with you. Likewise. Again, choosing for bliss. And you've been listening to Cynthia Bryan on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Until we celebrate again next week, visit be the star you are dot org or star hyphen style dot com. Go out into the world and celebrate each moment. Every day is special. Thanks for staying tuned to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, and we'll be with you again next week. Ciao for now, Cynthia Bryan. Be great. Where you are, let the music start. Thanks again for listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. For more information about Be the Star You Are Nonprofit Corporation, please visit be the star you are.org. That's be the star you are.org. Join Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany again next Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time, here on World Talk Radio Studio A. Remember, to be a leader, you must be a reader. Enjoy a stellar week. You're a seeker.